My dear Belle, you're so ahead of your time. This is a small village. But small also means safe. Get out of here! Go! Hello everyone, welcome to our podcast titled Mirror Mirror on the Wall, who's the most toxic of all. I'm today's host, Zui Huang, and here with me are four experts on Disney's relationship with gender roles. They are Julie Random, Alonja Alvarez, Zihan Cho, and Jessica Dong. Relationship with me, everything will never be okay. But I think I can figure this out, yeah. Dean Everhart, Vanity Fair magazine, can I ask you a couple of questions? Just you ever lose an hour of sleep your whole life? I'm prepared to lose a few with you. You join me for dinner. That's not a request. If you like it so much, then it's yours. From those audio clips, whether from the base or Iron Man, disrespect to women and casual toxic masculinity are hurt. But they become very respectful to women and very responsible for their family in these later things. From a rowing-based to a knowledgeable gentleman, from a playboy to a family man, what has caused them to change? Here with me is Julia Random, who will answer these first questions. Julia. How would you describe the way male and female characters are portrayed in Beauty and the Beast? What significance have you found? Hello, Zewei. Thank you for having me. I would like to start by telling you all a little about Beauty and the Beast. It is the story of a small town girl who longs to be anywhere but in that very small town. Determined to find her course of life independently, she stumbles upon a beast that, unbeknownst to her, is in need of saving. She is able to write her own fairy tale while battling the villain throughout it and ultimately saving the real prince. I'm going to be focusing on Gaston, who is the villain in the town that is the embodiment of toxic masculinity. He has slick back hair, is tall, has huge muscles, and thinks highly of himself. Of course, this is just a description. He sounds like every dream guy from any other Disney princess. I have Korea, of course, and she gave Gaston and Belle as an example of an unhealthy relationship. Gaston thinks Belle's disliking of him is a game that he needs to win, and so he continuously pesters her. How can Disney not expect the young minds of children watching to eventually think, oh, this boy is bothering me after I said no, he must really love me? Yes, I definitely agree with this point. After watching Gaston's example, well, if some boys tries to chase girl in Gaston's style, they may get in troubles. Gaston sounds like can't identify what's rejection and what's re attraction at all. Boys should learn to ask for concern, not playing the game that they imagined. You are exactly right, and the reality is that boys are not being taught that. I felt that this was related to Colin's TED Talk, where he talked about seeing this effect firsthand with two young children, a boy and a girl. 
His main concern was how he never realized the forms of heroes and leaders his daughter was being shown with Star Wars. He put it in terms of how the movie is still about a princess, Leia, who rewards a prince for making a treacherous journey throughout the galaxy on his own. No qualities of teamwork or active women were shown. Going back to the representation of male versus female characters, Gaston is seen as an attractive man only to quote unquote silly women of the town who think brawn surpasses brains. Again, the multiple minds of children just taking this all in. How should it not be feasible to imagine that children viewers of Disney princess films are being taught that they should let an arrogant man di dictate their life? My last source from Jean is connected to more of the overall effect of this representation and her countless beauty advertisements collected since the 60s show the gradual objectification of women alongside the devaluation of a man showing any characteristic that would be categorized as female. The idea of toxic masculinity truly stems from this idea as it would be a man who exhibits extremely quote unquote masculine characteristics for the fear of ever being seen as related to feminine ones. Why are they bad? But this fear is exactly what is being passed to viewers through Disney's contribution to the social construction of gender. Why does Gaston get all the girls in the town anyway, you ask? Because Disney truly shows a character like this is apparently normal and will succeed for his looks. Gaston is truly a repulsive, toxic man. I would like to now introduce my fellow expert, Alondra Alvarez, who also analyzed Beauty and the Beast. Alondra, you focused on another character, the Beast. So how would you answer this question? Hello, everyone, and thank you for having me. As we all know, well, for those who haven't seen the movie yet, Beast was a prince who was spoiled, selfish, and unkind. But one day, an old woman appeared at his front asking for shelter, which he denied. Therefore, the old woman cast a spell after seeing he had no heart, which turned him into a beast, wanting to teach him that princes can be deceiving and the spell will only be lifted when the rose has been, that has been dying will bloom if he's able to learn and earn love from another person. Being turned into a beast has had a rather upper, big upper body compared to his lower body, horns of a buffalo, jaws and teeth like a lion, it has legs and tail of a wolf. He didn't like this appearance, which led him to lock himself up in his castle. Being isolated in his castle didn't help him improve his personality until he came across this young woman named Belle, who agreed to, became, to become his prisoner to save his father. So the old man turned a charming and arrogant, an arrogant prince into a devil-like beast. There must be a huge hit to that prince, physically and mentally. And what's his response to that young girl who burst into his castle, burst into life? Well, you know, he definitely will be happy to see that if he is still a handsome prince. But now he has a terrible appearance. I may say he may feel some self-basement about himself, I really wonder how he will live with the girl. Yeah, he definitely struggles a bit getting along with Belle since she's quite a strong woman who doesn't let anyone get anyone get to her. So he starts to leave his bestial inclinations to gain her respect and affection, of course, with some help of his servants who, who have turned into ornaments. 
Beast is also shown as an example of how men don't know how to act, dress, and get along with women. Therefore, the ornaments in his castle try to encourage and teach him how to talk to Belle, demonstrating how men don't know how to talk to girls without the help of others. We can start seeing his character development as his relationship with Belle starts to grow, especially after gifting her a library. Belle reads a book as the Beast listens to listens and the relationship group with grew with laughter and conversations demonstrating how beast wasn't always an ignorant and selfish person we can also see his character development during his fight with gaston sparing his life showing how different he is from gaston playing a line between violence and masculinity showing the audience how gaston never had a character development from toxic toxic masculinity while Beast wanted to prove Bell right that he has learned to grow and can be loving and merciful so yeah there's an interesting dynamic between male characters in this film as they are all seen as strong quoted unquote attractive and having women wanting them despite their personality thank you so much Juliet and Alonjo for your responses from this Disney fairy tale we know how annoying and inappropriate a cocky and toxic but handsome man Gaston can be. And we also learned that sometimes men really don't know how to behave or talk with women. Both Gaston and the Beast are really bad at this. However, the, best change, the Beast changes gradually and he found his true love in the end. Talking about the changes of masculinity, there's another famous Disney character, Tony Stark, the Iron Man. Now, let's transition to our next segment where we talk about the development of toxic masculinity in male characters from Disney's superhero films. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Zhanzhou and Jessica Dong to talk about their analysis of Iron Man, who is also known as Tony Stark. They will, all, they will now talk about the questions of how male heroes are re represented in early versus later films, um, with emphasizes on toxic masculinity. Tony Stark is a popular character. He can we can find him in movies from the Iron Man trilogy to the Endgame. He's the heart of Avengers that run through the plot. Zihan, do you mind starting us off with a quick introduction to Iron Man? Hi everyone. Sure, we can see that he's a genius. Stark is the son of a wealthy industrialist. He got into MIT at 15 and received a master's degree later in engineering and after his parent got killed he's the head of the company he inherited the company from their parent and in mrm1 tony stark is kidnapped during his weapon presentation and he's taken to african cave to produce a weapon that against his will and and then he creates a body arm to escape this is the beginning of airman back to tony stark in the first airman movie Tony shows that he's arrogant, actress, playful, and has a lot of quirks. For example, not like to be handled things like everyone else, like his father and Pepper handed him something he would not to take that, and very naughty, like running a club on his plan. And he's very into everything that a typical playboy has. 
it's hard to like we link these personalities and this character to a hero but he has when he has an ability to change and a resource to solve a lot of war problems and he as a hero but he decided not to do that he's happy to enjoy his wealth and does not even care the stark industry he doesn't know like who is buying his weapon so after he returned his like kidnap trip from from Afghan into America and he has great sense of guilty by selling his weapon to whom he doesn't know to make the disaster of the world and what his company did and he decided to not selling weapons and he started to do whatever he can do to improve the world later on he will always come to rescue like he knew all along when the disaster or war come like all the civilians can go away and can could escape but as airman he had he had to fight in front for everyone else and tony is really willing to die for it but what's even more essential for that is that he's just not a brilliant hero he is a real person who will fly to the wormhole with the nuke it's not hard to imply that his moral body is much weaker than his armor like we can know that he's not going to come back as a story says to Stark, you are such much a god as the immortal I ever seen and know, like Tony Stark and less Ironman. Interesting point. Iron Man gives people a different feeling from other superheroes. Um, I thought having a good moral standard um, is the baseline of being a hero. But it sounds like the Iron Man just a rich playboy who was um, wanted to show off and saving people and protecting the world was just his hobby. But you said he becomes a hero and deserves the title of hero later. So he must change a lot from Iron Man 1 to the end game, right? True. From Iron Man 1 to Iron Man 3, he goes from I'm Iron Man only with my arm but to I'm still Ironman even without, without my armor suit. So from a playboy to a real superhero, which is a long journey of process of qualitative change. Like many people think that Ironman is Ironman only with the suit, but without it, he's nothing. But what makes Tony Stark Ironman is that he has a heart and genius brain. You can take away his armor, but he will still be Ironman because you can't steal his intelligence. Tony Stark may have been a playboy or even we can say like he's not a good guy in the beginning, but now he's a superhero and deserve to be called as a superhero. Although Airman is more of a playboy in the beginning, he has some, but he has some more sense of responsibility than Captain America. Captain and Tony have opposite personalities, but Captain as a soldier know exactly what a soldier need to do when there is disaster coming to protect civilians and to sacrifice soldiers. But for Airman, his friend, family, and civilians, Tony wants to protect all of them. And he blames himself for not being able to save everyone. Like in my opinion, Airman is a childish man. Like obviously he cares about every single thing like around him. But like the Avengers, family, Pepper, and later Spider-Man. But he pretend to be careless and he suffers from all that. I can see how he changes a lot. He knows what responsibility in and stepping 
and taking all the responsibility and of course the risk on his own shoulders. Well, besides his experience, is there anything else that let him know that he should change, like a female character that helps him a lot or catches or catches his heart and turn this playboy to a bad person? So Piper's relationship with Tony is really interesting. Like the Piper, Piper love Stark and Stark up to love Piper. That doesn't change at all. But like through, go through the airman story. And in the beginning of that, the Tony says like he will step with every cover girl in the every magazine. And in a later time, he will take the, the relationship serious with Piper. So on the other hand, from a Piper perspective, he had, she has always been a strong supporter of Tony, loving Tony and embrace his flaw. Like even though Tony is a flander guy with a lot of girls, Piper is very Piper doesn't care about that and is very reliable and being a, one of Tony Stark's best friend at all. She has helped him with countless messes he made and. They have an unconditional trust. It's really vulnerable to Tony. And if Tony Stark can save the world with the armor, Piper is his power source. Like Piper has cons consistently showing maturity and wisdom as a woman. And Piper is a really important supportive character that carries an important gender value. So that's my response. And now I would like to introduce Jessica Dunn who is also going to talk about Iron Man's journey through his toxic masculinity. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. As we can see, Iron Man doesn't appear in good masculinity at first, since he's a playboy and only think about making money. I think that was due to the emotional abuse relationship with his father. In Iron Man 2, Tony said his father never said he loved Tony. That made Tony start thinking men should always be strong and tough they shouldn't express their emotional feelings at all. And that idea leads to his early toxic masculinity. However, in later film, Tony Stark found out his father was actually really care about him, while he also realized the weapon he made caused so many deaths. He changed and started to care about others and see Avengers as his family. Oh, I see. So Tony's father's good masculinity then passes to him, and he finally found the father's love which was absent in his former life. And he decided to, go to carry this and pass it to others. Oh, uh, by the way, what about Pepper? Uh, like Zihan just said, what's his role, uh, what's her role in this movie? I think the other reason for him to change is due to Pepper. She's the only one who Tony felt comfortable to stay with. It's really obvious that Tony only accepts anything from Pepper and his dad. I believe Tony realized the responsibility he needs to have when he started to think about having family and having a baby with Pepper. Captain America said Tony was only thinking about himself instead of the big picture. In the end of Avenger Endgame, Tony chose a hero way just like Captain America said to finish his journey. While he sacrificed himself, we can see he's not the rich playboy anymore. He can also express his feeling on how much he cares about Spider-Man, how much he trusts the other superhero, and how much he loves Pepper and Morgan. Iron Man definitely represents the good masculinity now. Tony Stark also shows to the audience that the other side of men other than toxic masculinity, the change in this character represents the change of general in 
um, social construction nowadays. Excellent. Both of you did so great. Thank you as well for joining us today. It's my pleasure to join you. So everyone, that is a wrap about our podcast. Thank you so much to our experts for their responses and showcasing their work. And a huge thank to you, to listener, for turning on, turning on our responses to the questions of how Disney's films contribute to the social constructions of our values and perceptions about gender and acceptable gender roles. Listeners, be sure to check out our website as you can read more about our work. Will our source and look at the screen captures that resonate with uh, what our experts talk about today.